Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. On this week's edition of Zone Time, myself, Julian, is here. Omar from In The Mentions is here. Rahef is also here hanging out with us. And Sam Chang of the broadcast is here. And I can't think of any other episode we've done where I've been more excited to see Sam on the show. You know why? Because we get to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. I've heard about the Vancouver Canucks opinions from people like Chris Johnston. So many people across the hockey world have had their say on how bad the Vancouver Canucks have looked back to back games where they've allowed seven goals they almost did three times they allowed five against the anaheim ducks and we're all looking forward to what that wednesday night game will be like against the colorado avalanche but i only want to hear from one person i know omar you lead off a lot of these episodes whenever you're on to talk about michael bunting or whatever you want to talk about sam I mean, it's not only michael sam, bunting, but omar it's not your time <laughs> this is sam's time sam you have the floor i i know we'll, we'll make it more organized and we'll ask random questions about the canucks and whatever Now's the time for you to just speak your piece. Say what you need to say. The floor is all yours, Sam. Go off. I mean, what is there to say, Julian? Like, I'm actually mostly just speechless (laughs) because I can't believe. I mean, I thought thought they might be a bubble team this year. I thought they might, like, have a chance at playoffs because the Pacific Division is not good. I didn't think that... um, you know, like two weeks ago or maybe last week, I don't know. There's like, I have no concept of time anymore with this team. Mm-hmm. Not the last time they played the ducks, but the time before that the media and like fans here were like, Oh, that was their best effort of the season. They might be turning things around. So they put together their best effort of the season and they lost in overtime to the Anaheim ducks. <laughs> and then they proceeded to go on this road trip and go. zero and three give up touchdowns in two consecutive games and then lose to the ducks again and somehow the reaction from the organization is um one they contacted an independent broadcast over the weekend donnie and dolly to complain that their coverage of the team was too negative oh and it's oh, like no. i like i don't know what you think they're covering they're covering your team like, if you want them to be positive, maybe give us something to be positive about. And then today they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a meeting to talk about why they're so bad with the guy who built the team. Because it's been eight years and we can't figure out why they're bad. So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to cry. I actually just think it's funny. Like, it actually takes this to a next level comedy to be this bad. Like you don't know why you're bad. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Omar, what were you going to say? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, have you all watched the big comfy couch? Yes. It's like a yes. Old, old 
Go yes. on Treehouse. Um, for those yes. who have not watched The Big Comfy Couch, it revolves around this character named Lunette the Clown who would go on her daily adventures with her doll Molly. Um, and at the end of every single episode, they would do the thing that, you know, old kids shows do where they ask the kids a question and us being stupid kids, we communicate to the TV screen because, you know, we think that they can hear us. And all, and all, and, you know, in each episode, you know, Lunette takes things out of her couch. You know, she, she's, she's kind of like the, the, the original door of the Explorer. She'd have all these things in her couch, whether it's, you know, chairs or streamers, whatever. And as, Great show. as the episode goes on, a mess would form in her room. And every episode, Lunette would say, hey, who made this big mess? And then the camera would slowly <laughs> zoom into Lunette. And she would say, me? And then the camera would nod. Yes, <laughs> it was you. And that's the first thing that came to mind when I read the tweet saying that Jim Benning and the owner are going to sit down and talk about what the problem is. <laughs> Jim, man. Like, Jim's the problem. And the thing that's so funny is that in the tweet, they say, like, hey, you know, um, nothing's going to happen. Like, no one's going to get fired. They just want to talk about, like, what, what the problem is. Then don't have the meeting. Then don't have the meeting. Because the problem, the, the reason why the Canucks are bad is sitting right in front of you. All the moves made, the atrocious defense. Oliver ekman Larson is signed until the end of, okay, not the end of time, but, like, what, it until 2026? And everyone Basically. looked that bad. I mean, that's, okay. That's the thing. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, he hasn't been, been that bad. He has three points. Do you know okay. how much money uh, he makes? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fair. That's, that's really that's bad. So, I'm sorry. And, and the thing that's sorry. so bad is that, like, I thought the Elias Pedersen deal was sweet. I think I tweeted that it was the best deal in the league when it came out. And I thought about it. And I was like, wait, beforehand, he said how he really wanted to, like, win a championship and win a cup which makes sense as to why you only signed three years. If I'm, if I'm Elias Pettersson, I'm looking around. I'm like, man, I'm gone in two years. Peace. Let's have some fun. Or if they, I will tell my agent to Wait. tell other teams to offer sheet me. Like, Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me stop you right there because mm-hmm. there are certain people who would look at Elias Patterson's performance. Yeah. And if you yeah. were to be like, you know, hey, I'm going to leave in two years, be like, where are you going? Because you are not playing like the superstar you're supposed to be paid that. Man, just, just I know. Throw like, that out there. If you're asking yeah. me to bet on the, on the rest of the team improving versus Elias Patterson improving, like, man, that's a special player. And, and I, I'm I don't know. I with Omar, yeah, he's been he's been bad. Like he's he has not been good. I'm not defending him, but really, no one's been good other than Thatcher Demko, Niels Hoglander, and maybe JT Miller once in a while. But other than that, like if you look at that team, people there are people here who are like, oh well, this is you know people said over the summer that Jim Benning had a really good offseason and he put together this great group of forwards. I was like. It's a great group of forwards relative to the previous year. And it's a great group of forwards because he got rid of Roussel, Beagle, and Louis Erickson, all of which were contracts he signed. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I guess it's better. But when the bar is on the floor, who cares what better is? Literally, that's so true. I mean, the the other thing is, like, I think a big issue with Jim Benning and the Canucks is that every year it seems like Jim Benning takes a look at his team and says, I genuinely think this is a good team. And I think that's where a lot of the issues are. It's because he truly, genuinely, deep down, like 
he honestly believes that the Canucks are going to be good. They're going to make the playoffs. It's like, yes, they're, they're going to be good and they're going to make a playoff. Meanwhile, every single like model out there that predicts like performance has the Canucks finishing like firmly out of the playoffs. So I just don't understand where the delusion comes from. It's, it's, it's amazing. He reminds me of kind of like Peter Shirelli in that it's clear <laughs> what the issue is. It's clear, like, you know, a very easy path for the Canucks to, like, start to right the ship is, like, get rid of the guy who sunk the ship. Like, I don't know. It seems so, so self-explanatory. And yet you have Aquilini meeting with Jim Benning and saying, what is the issue? You're safe. Don't worry. We're not, we're not going to fire you. That's, that's not happening. I wonder, though, what is the issue? Why are we bad? It's such a difficult question to answer. It's truly. the hot dog meme. It, it's, it it's, is. It's We're all up, wondering who it's, did this. It's straight up the hot dog meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's so funny. It's so funny to watch. Can we please put the hot dog meme up, up, meme up on the screen for those watching <laughs> on YouTube, just so people could have the context, whether it's the one from the actual show or the one where they Photoshop Jim Benning's head <laughs> on the hot dog? Be the one with Jim. Oh my God. It's Whichever so one you, you prefer. So I just want to ask this then. So it seems pretty clear that uh, Jim Benning may not be the right man for the job in Vancouver. Oh, what, about Travis Gre- <laughs> what about Travis Green, the head coach? Like, should he take flack for this too? No. I think I- that a lot of people are giving him flack. There are, there are an outrageous number of fans who are like, this is Travis Green's fault. These are his systems. He can't get the players mm-hmm. to buy in. And look, he's been there for five years. It may be time for a change. But at the end of the day, you cannot convince me that if Travis Green had all the players buying in, if you had their top six playing like their top six, that they would still be anything other than average. Like, what is he supposed to do with the roster he's been given? This is a team that apparently needs Travis Hamanick to make or break their defense. Travis Hamanick. They paid him $9 million and he's apparently the difference maker. Lord help the Canucks if they need Travis Hamanick to save their problems, Sam. Lord help the Canucks. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just going to be real here. God help the Canucks if Travis Hamanick is going to save them. It's not an NHL blue line. They don't have a group of, they have like maybe three NHL defensemen. Yeah. And then to that point, it's like, I, it's, it's like the beauty of, of professional sports is that like the, the head coach is the easiest position to, to change, right? Like, you know, players have yeah. contracts, GMs will have a vision and like the coaches, you can just a couple of years and you're just gone. And it's just like, I, I feel so, I feel so bad for Travis Green because like, I would love to see what he could do with a team that is built right. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like he's playing Scrabble. Like you ever play a, play a game of Scrabble and like, you really needed a great, you need, really need like an A, you need an E. Maybe I need an L and M and you pick up and you just have X's and O's and stuff. And it's like, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? It's mm-hmm. Travis Green is playing an unfair game of Scrabble and it's not fair. It, it's literally not fair. And, and but at this point, it's probably going to be him that gets canned because, you know, like people will look at, you know, that he's been there for five years. And, you know, for an NHL head coach, five years is your, you know, once you kind of get past that three year mark, then you're kind of in the territory where you can be fired. But He's going to get fired for something that, yeah, maybe you can argue, yeah, he has, he has a hand in it as well. But, like, 
I don't know, man. Benning's been around for for so long, and the team always finds ways to to fall. Except that one time where they made it to the second round, and that was cool. And that was a good time. There was a yeah, lot was of hope bubble. out of that year. Yeah, yeah, but 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 hey, you know, like I know everyone likes to poo poo on the bubble, but like some games were played experience was was gained by players we can't act like it never happened no it It happened but what happened was then they deluded themselves into thinking that that was like steady growth yeah Yeah. i was gonna say like that 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 just like furthered jim benning's delusion that he's actually built a good team which is clearly not the case so maybe it was actually a bad thing for the canucks like maybe if they just didn't if they just did not like maybe this experiment could have ended like a year earlier or something. Who knows? Yeah, I remember talking to a friend and one I saw the Canucks make the second round. And you know, after our relative grief, I was like, I wonder how. Like, I, if I was a Canucks fan, I'd be kind of upset. And they're like, why? I'm like, because now Jim Benning's in his AC. I was right. <laughs> and here we are, back to back touchdowns and so on and so forth. So people literally, a- people who love defending him, spent last year being like, well you know, growth and improvement isn't linear. Like, okay, but neither <laughs> is an aberration. Mean? What does that even mean? What does like, that mean? <laughs> Who's defending Jim Benning? Oh, <laughs> oh, there, is a, there are some Jim very, very Sam, dedicated. Can you tell us about the people in Vancouver who are, like in Montreal, people who are known as, as advent, like ardent, ardent, like Mark Bergevin supporters, are known as Bergevinistas. Like, what would you call people who support Jim Bending? I can't say it because I actually hate it. There's like, there's a really stupid narrative here about people who call themselves Bending Bros versus um, other fans who are not like anti-management. They consider to be bitter bros. I can't use either of those seriously because I've like grown ass adults and that's ridiculous. (laughs) And I just, I don't gross. think you, I don't think you need to be like just pro betting or anti betting. I think there's room for nuance there, but I, yeah, it's, it's no. Okay. Uh, the Canucks play Wednesday. Well, by the time you all listen to this podcast, they will be playing tonight against the Colorado Avalanche. And I have to admit, I have never been this excited for a Vancouver Canucks game, maybe in a decade. Uh, what do you think the fan reception is going to be like in Vancouver, especially if they, really stick up the joint because they're at home against Colorado I you know what I think the fact that management has apparently or like several people have now said management is waiting to see what the fan reaction is at the game why may oh because Omar why make a decision when you can let your fan base make the decision for you who cares about the on ice results what you need is for people to like yell fire bending at a game for you to make a decision that's clearly good management and good ownership. Well, know, Jim. Man. Well, Jim. Um, we were going to keep you, um, but, no, but the honestly, fans really the last time <laughs> the last time they fired a GM was Mike Gillis, and they fired yes. him several days after the fans chanted "Fire Gillis" in the arena. And so, you know, maybe when they say "Blame the fans," it's true. We didn't yell "Fire Jim Benning" in the ranks soon enough. Uh. <laughs> That's kind of you don't want to be in a position where you're management you're you're letting fans dictate your decisions for you. That's a little. But hey, uh, if they start chanting uh, fire betting, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna try to watch it on Wednesday night hockey on 
it's probably Sportsnet, right? Because it's OB on Wednesday. So yeah, 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 probably. Uh, <laughs> Rahef, did you want to add anything before we move on to um, talking about who or who shouldn't make the Hockey Hall of Fame? That's right. I'm teasing segments now because we have to try <laughs> to do that a little bit more on Zone Time. Uh, no, nothing to add. Honestly, I just, I've, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for the day where Jim Benning That's okay. Fired. That's okay. That that's actually a good Don't that's actually a pretty good way to end it. <laughs> that's actually a good way to end it. Uh, let's try to you know not have uh, Sam feel even more apathetic for the team that she likes, or maybe just feels apathetic towards. And let's talk about uh, well, in the spirit of the Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremonies happening a couple of days ago, uh, instead of just you know bringing up the guys and girls who made it in uh obviously a great class that got in guys like Joe McKinla and Marion Hosa and Kim St. Pierre and all the like of course they got to be give them their flowers absolutely yeah. and that goes yeah. for for Doug Wilson and, and and Kevin Lowe as well and apologies if I'm missing all the other builders who were brought in as well but why not start the conversation on people who might be on the bubble to make the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm going to throw out three names and uh, we'll, we'll throw out one at a time and let's have a discussion about whether or not they actually have a genuine chance at being Hall of Famers or maybe they're just bubble cases. Or maybe they shouldn't, shouldn't just be there at all. Uh, this first name will be pretty familiar to at least two, two, uh, one half of our panel. Uh, how about John Tavares? Uh, the, uh, the man who came home from uh, the Islanders to the Leafs uh, with the trajectory that he's on, still a really good player in the National Hockey League. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up playing a Team Canada in February at, at the way he's going now. Can dude be a Hall of Famer? Is John Tavares on his way to being a Hockey Hall of Fame inductee in the future? I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't okay, know. It's quick. That was cool. Oh, okay. That was, real quick. I, that was very yeah. quick from Rahef, and I thought it'd be a lot quicker from Omar, but Omar's being indecisive. Mm. I yeah. have, I have, I have some arguments to make. So go off. Omar, please. say your piece, and then I'll say like, no, well, no, I think you that this is no, a no-brainer for me. Go off. Go. Okay. Uh, All right. I want. I want to know okay. these arguments. Well, for okay. me, I, I think, I think it'll, it'll come down to whether Tavares makes the Hall of Fame or not. Um, I think the the conversation will always be around, and of course, you know, we'll look at at point totals and stuff. But I, I, I always seems to be that a big aspect of making the Hall of Fame it'll comes down to accolades and, and what you have. And, you know, I wonder if it'll come, if, if Tavares wins a Stanley Cup with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think he's 100%. It, it, it doesn't have to be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know that, right? I'm sorry. Okay. If well, Yeah, but then but then I have to think of the idea that that means if he's not with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he will go somewhere else. And I think, well, you I could, like win a Stanley Cup in like means- Florida or something. I don't want to think of a world <laughs> anymore. And if I have to think about that, then I'm going to be upset. But yeah, okay. I didn't say Austin Matthews. That's even worse. Why, why are you doing this to me? You're making this it worse. worse. You keep making it I'm worse. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, sorry. I think if, I think, I think if he ends up getting a cup at some point somewhere, hopefully with the Leafs, I think that will automatically put him in. Um, there is the story and there is the, you know, there's the, the lore about it. And, you know, the fact, you know, first overall pick has played a lot of games, you know, I think as he starts to climb, if he hits a thousand games, if he hits a thousand points, I think it'll be a lot easier. But I think the big thing for him is that, you know, is, is some type of Stanley cup 
or a championship in some way, shape, or form. Or even if he makes Team Canada this year and Canada wins gold, I think that would be another thing as well. Because I think you look at a lot of the a lot of the class or a lot of the players who make it, and they've had big successes on the biggest stage stages. Mm-hmm. And Tavares has done a lot, but he hasn't done a lot in the playoffs. And you know, I think the biggest thing was when you know he he sent the Islanders to the second round for the first time in in ever. But besides that, there hasn't really been too much, and he hasn't gotten an opportunity to fully compete in um on on the Olympic team. At least I don't think, um, because you know I think actually I think I think it's because of that Tavares injury where, where where he won uh, he won the he won he was on the 2014 team in uh, Sochi, so he has an Olympic wasn't gold medal. Wasn't he captain? And wasn't he captain? My of of that right team now? in 2014, uh, I, I'd be very surprised if he was. We'd probably be, see, as long as Sidney Crosby's there. Yeah. I imagine yeah. he'd be okay. he'd be captain yeah. there, but yeah. but John Tavares was on the 2014 team yeah. that won gold in mm-hmm. Sochi. Oh, and has a Spengler Cup to his yeah. name, yeah. and yeah. was on the World Cup of Hockey team in 2016. So yeah. he has. Oh, I take yeah. them so, back. All of the all of these back. are on my yeah. All of these yeah. are on my list because yeah, it's obviously, mm. of course, he's missing. You know. When when a player when when a player has won a championship, it becomes infinitely easier to say yes, Hall of Fame. You know, it, it sort of helps further the argument. It just it's much easier to say yes, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame if they've won a championship or two. But I think Tavares so far, and he's still young. There's still many more years left of John Tavares's career. But I mm-hmm. think so far he's on track to make it to the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, since entering the league, John Tavares is sixth in points. Speak. And third in goals Speak. since entering the NHL in 2009. So I think like that alone, I mean, he's in some really great company. In terms of points, the players ahead of him are Crosby, Kane, Stamkos, um, Giroux. And in terms of goals, there's only two players ahead of him, and that's Ovechkin and Stamkos. So I think he's he's done enough that's there amazing. in terms of – oh, Yeah, it really is. I don't think a lot of people realize how, how many goals or how good of a goal scorer John Tavares has been throughout his – This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm-hmm. So I think the individual success for Tavares is there. And in terms of the team success, like Julia mentioned, you know, he was on the 2014 Sochi gold-winning team. You know, he does have an Olympic gold medal. And his success in junior, I mean, I think he's on the right track. and. I think it becomes absolutely a no-brainer if he has some playoff success. But I think right now, as a stance, that I think John Tavares will make the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I think he's definitely on the right track. 
One yeah. other thing that could help him too. I know he's not there yet, but uh, he's very much on track to eventually achieving the 1000 point mark. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, yeah. at the beginning of the season, he started at uh, 819, but uh, normally if you've played a lot of seasons and you want to be considered to uh, reach the one that reach the hockey hall of fame, reaching the 1000 point mark is a good way of doing it. And, and I'm pretty sure John Tavares is on his way to doing that. I don't have too many uh, complaints about John Tavares being a hockey hall of famer. If he has, I mean, I imagine, you know, it'd be good if he had a little bit more individual success, I guess. Um, but I, I think the fact that he has the accolades beyond a Stanley cup, they at least help his case. I think he, I think he, he might need a cup. It w- I wouldn't be bothered if he made it, but I think his case would be strengthened if he That's won fine. a Stanley cup, whether it's in Toronto, whether it's somewhere else. And maybe if he's, because I don't know off the top of my head if he was ever like in the top three in like a heart trophy. And I could be proven wrong. I just don't have it in front of me. I think that also matters too, because yeah. having individual success should matter. Mm-hmm. But if he's at least considered, that could like help his case, right? Or yeah. if not that, like how many years was he like a top five player? at his position that is arguably like a thing that goes against for my not to make it about a whole other guy but like Patrick Marlowe like he was really good at his position I don't know if he's a hockey hall of famer only because he doesn't have too many he doesn't have any like individual awards or not too many of any and like how long has he really been considered like a top five player at his position John Tavares I think you could make a stronger case he's definitely uh, like a top five center maybe not now at this present moment but like especially in these days in the Islanders first few years in Toronto like you could you could definitely say that mm-hmm. yeah I think okay. but I think it's an interesting point you make because I think another I as much as we look at like accolades and stats I think it also comes down to like how you're perceived around the league like I agree I agree um specifically when it comes to Marlo that there hasn't meant been many individual accolades but like there's no doubt in my mind that that Patrick Marlo would be in the hall of fame just because of how much he's talked about and you know the, the records and, and so on and so forth so right. I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if he ends up getting there. And I think, again, that kind of comes down to, you know, the overall perception of how you were as, as a player within the league and so on and so forth. And that actually connects to, uh, I think, the second player that we talked to, uh, that we talk about, because I, I pretty much guarantee he's going to be in the, in the Hall of Fame, definitely. Uh, Sam, before we move on to that second player, did you want to add anything? You could always say no, but if you have a point about John Tavares, whether or not he should make it, just because I know we didn't get to you. No, I don't have a point about John Tavares. I actually think that the better conversation about who should be in the Hall of Fame is probably Jennifer Botterill or Carolyn Ouellette. If That's the actually Hall of a pretty Fame good would, point. Yeah. If the Hall of Fame would lift their one woman a year cap. Yeah, and they no should sense. also yeah. they should also know uh, that uh, you should also get some of their history stuff right too, as as I think Kristen Whelan pointed out on on Twitter that. Uh, is Kim St. Pierre. There, there are way more people who have won the same accolades that she's won. It's not just those three players who got in. I don't, I think it's like the Clarkson cup and a gold medal. I think they were saying she was like one of like three people. They're obviously like way more. There are yeah. There's only five. Yeah. Like there's five women's hockey players. Oh, yeah, that's right. there's a there's a discussion to be had where the hockey hall of fame should really be up to date on uh its history when it comes to women's players. That's a whole other episode in itself. Um Shea Weber is the next guy on my list. We're talking about a guy who you can't get to the front of the net without getting your teeth knocked in. Or if you're uh, going to be the unlucky soul who puts their, puts themselves in line in front of a Shea Weber shot. Well, 
Good luck, buddy. Wasn't there like one guy who got hit like three times by Shea Weber? I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it not Brennan there... Gallagher? Brennan Gallagher, the, the, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me considering yeah. the fact I know, that the, I know his, his hand is a magnet to yeah. I know he's been hurt twice from from Weber specific. I don't know if it, I I don't know if I don't know if it was three, but I know specifically there were twice um, where he was take where he was taken out by uh, getting getting hit by Weber shot. I remember is, the game is, where he yeah, scored a goal and he like played in stop because he broke the net. It just went right through the netting. Yeah, that was the Olympic qualifier, or yeah. like I don't know if the qualifier, <laughs> but it was like the games before the Olympics. Yeah, he sent it right through the net. That was hilarious. I think it was the tw- it was the 2010 team. No. Yeah, I think that's right. Good times. Is, is, so he has the Olympic success. He's a fearsome competitive defense and part of that amazing 2003 uh, draft class. It wasn't a first round pick, a second round pick. Is he a Hall of Famer? I think he'll get in. I think I, I mean, going going back to the ideas of you know the whole Patrick Marlowe thing. I think the way that Weber is talked about so much amongst that's everyone, his biggest thing. Yeah, everyone everyone like uh, considers him the 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 ideal defenseman uh in size strength and positioning you know you mentioned the the, the cross-checking thing the shot how many times did he go has he went to the all-star game and and fired a shot that was like over 100 kilometers 100 miles per hour like there's this i think he doesn't he definitely he does have the the um exactly right so like you know he has he has the um, you know the international success for sure. He, you know he doesn't have the Stanley Cup, but you know I think because of the the, the overall perception of him, I I think I don't think he was not going to be a first ballot definitely, but I think at some point I wouldn't be surprised if, if his name is called there. I was muted, but four times uh, Shea Weber has won the hardest shot competition at the All Star Game four different times, including as recently as twenty twenty. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I I don't have any particular argument about Shea Weber not making it to Hockey Hall of Fame, but I think to Omar's point, like he is somebody who has been vaunted and talked about so much for the way that he mm-hmm. plays and how fearsome he is. He might just get in on that alone. And I also feel like maybe like at least like one voter might just picture like trying to go to Shea Weber and be like, yeah, I didn't vote for you to get in. And then <laughs> I I don't know how that's going to end up. Can, can you stand right there? Okay, okay, okay. Uh Wait, why yeah, are you winding a puck? Oh, no, no, no. Why are you doing? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, what about this guy? Um, this guy's actually pretty close to reaching 1,000 points, funny enough. Ryan Getzlaff is the all-time leader in points for the Anaheim Ducks. He won a Stanley Cup. That's something that John Tavares and Shea Weber can't say that they've done. Ouch. Uh, has Olympic success, too. That being said, the Ducks haven't really been all that relevant since 2007. <laughs> Except for I the mean, beat this the is a hard one. This yeah, is a hard one. I, I, I think, I think he'll eventually get in. I think he's an incredible playmaker, and he's had a very, very good career. And like you said, he's close to a thousand points. It seems like he checks all the boxes, right? Like if you're going mm-hmm. through the boxes of what gets you into the Hockey Hall of Fame, it kind of feels like Getzlaff checks them all. But then it's like also in a way. Does he though get into the hockey? Like, I'm not sure. I'm very, I know this is like a wishy washy answer, but I don't know because it feels like he has all the accolades, but I'm not sure. If I can list off the list of accolades that are on his Wikipedia page, and this is all the accolades he has, including junior, he was a first team all star in the WHL in 2003 2004, a second team all star in 2004 2005 in the WHL, wins the Stanley Cup in 2006 2007. 
makes it to the all-star game three times and is a second team all-star in 2013-2014. That's it. Like Weber and, and, and Tavares have accolades from junior. They have accolades in the league, even all-star games, playing internationally, what have you. That list of accolades for Getzlaff is all that he has pretty much since junior to now. And fine, I didn't read off any of the records he has with the Ducks, but that's... He was that, never on the Olympics? Was like, Getzlaff never, not on the... Was, was he I not know, on the I'm, 2010 I'm, team? I'm trying to... Wasn't okay, the there we go. Oh, okay, there we go. I don't know why they didn't list his Olympic stuff, but yes, he was on the Olympics oh. and World Juniors. But like, yeah. those are also... You could also say, like, those are team... Those are team things, right? Like right. PK Subban didn't, I think, played like one game in 2014, but he could always say he was a gold medalist, right? I was right. gonna say, I Look. feel like a lot of the names that were going that are gonna be borderline are like that 2003 Canadian World Junior team, because people attach so much affection to them. It's not really about what they've done since. It's like the nostalgia of how good that team was and how fun they were, yeah. and so we've kind of attached greatness to all of them but there's not that many of them who i think actually had like standout hall of fame professional careers yeah except bergeron there's a lot of good players yeah. on that team once you get to that point yeah yeah man, sure. that, draft, there... man that draft was stupid what yeah, yo. oh my yo God. like sometimes yo. for fun i just go through it and i'm like what yeah. <laughs> it's insane oh, man like, if you ever want to, I know Canadians fans do this a lot. They go through that 03 draft and they look at everyone that gets picked and then they see Andre Kostitsin at like 10 and you're like, they're like, why? Why? Yeah. It's oh, a dangerous man. game yeah. to play uh, who went after. I play that. I play, <laughs> oh, man. I play that a lot as a Leafs fan. Yeah, Leafs fans are good at that game. 2013, Freddie the Goat. Shafey oh, man. Aww. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 2013. Uh, when, where was Frederick Gauthier drafted that year? I think 21. Okay. Well, yeah. directly before Shea Theodore was Michael McCarron. <laughs> yeah. You know what the worst Shea Theodore story actually is? Is that. What is it? The, the Canucks could have had him and instead they asked for a Lucas Visa in a trade. Yeah. Oh. That was great. <laughs> they were literally offered Shea Theodore and they asked for Lucas Pisa. Yeah. Oh. It, it's so fun when like all these stories about Who's the GM about. who made that move? Same guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh no. In eight years, who else could it be? perfect that's okay. so perfect all right let me read everybody oh. in uh the last thing we'll just have here uh i wanted to do like a flying under the radar segment but if you guys don't have any other names and we just want to dump on jim betting some more i completely understand uh, <laughs> but uh i wanted to see if there was a guy who's going around the national hockey league who nobody's been really you know hyping up the same way we would like a Connor mcdavid for example uh, one guy I'll just bring up, Kevin Shattenkirk at Anaheim. He almost has as many points as he had last year in like 55 games. 
Matt Duchesne is actually playing well for the first time in a long time. Uh, hopefully, I'm not stealing anyone's names. But again, uh, if you don't have names, you don't want to do this. We could we could make more jokes about Jim Benning if we want to. But uh, <laughs> in the interest of you know being respectful and you know being professional, we totally could could just go in on this other segment. I'm still crying about that Jim Benning thing, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lucas Pisa instead of Shane Theodore. Why? <laughs> no. Oh my god. That's so bad. That's so bad. Okay. Uh, anyone flying under the radar for you guys right now? Uh, I was actually going to say, sorry to be extremely on brand and pick a leaf, but <laughs> I was going to say Alex Kerfoot, honestly. He's been sure. really Thank good. You. And yeah. he has, he has, um, I believe he's tied for the second most five on five points on the leaf which on a team with Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and John Tavares is like a pretty crazy thing. And I mean, if you're into the advanced stats, he's really up there in goals above replacement. So I think that Alex Kerfoot has been having a quiet, excellent season for the Leafs. Using the Leafs to kind of segue a little bit because, you know, I've been a big proponent of Michael Bunting for Calder um, because, you know, that'd be funny. Um, It's probably not going to be him though. It's probably no, no, because Lucas Raymond, I don't think is being talked about enough. And it's weird because anytime there's like, you know, like there's like rookie races or whatever, like they get, it gets hyped up the entire year. And I don't know why the league hasn't been doing that, but Lucas Raymond has been incredible on Detroit. Like I want to say he's, I want to say he's like direct, directly a point per game player. I think he has like, like a seven goals and 10 assists and like, 16, yeah, he's 17. like 17 or yeah. yeah, he's like 17 and 16 or like 17, 17. Like he's 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 been that dude. He's legit. And and honestly, like he's been such a difference maker on that team. And like honestly, like it just it just shocks me how his name isn't brought isn't brought up. How like I don't see that many clips of him from the from the, the league to a Twitter account or there's that much dialogue. Maybe it's just you know just being up here in Toronto, maybe, maybe like the discourse isn't isn't as vast, but it's man, like he he's a player, he's a special player. And honestly, like if I can if I can ever have an opportunity to catch a Detroit game, it'll be because of him. I was going to say Lucas Raymond as well. Um, and for all the same reasons as Omar, the other player who is probably like not really a popular choice, but, and maybe it's just because the Canucks have lost to them twice in the last week, <laughs> but I watched John Gibson play both of those Canucks games. And he was like, he stood on his head, the game that they beat the Canucks in overtime like he's been unreal and no one talks about it because Anaheim sucks mm. yeah that's fair um then it... I remember before like what when John Gibson first kind of started coming up before his big extension like he was a big focus and like I remember like there were like many games where you'd literally have to steal them and then when the di- when the di- discourse about like oh what number do you give him it's like it doesn't matter like he's the only reason the team is so relevant so yeah, I agree with that hundred percent that, you know, it's, it's, it's good to actually see him, you know, that, that a lot of his big save nights aren't being put to win. They're actually, you know, getting some wins. That's fair. I'll, you don't I'll think give... of him at oh, all, right? Like, unless you're watching no. the Ducks play, like no. I forgot he existed. Yeah. I will give credit to uh, John Gibson's teammate, uh, Troy Terry. Let me just, le- let me just re- le- uh, read off the, uh, the top goal scores in the National Hockey League. Troy Terry, he's, he's, he's incredible. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl leads with 15, Alexander Ovechkin 12. There's a three-way tie for third. With That has Chris Kreider, Kyle Connor, and Troy Terry. He is there. 
uh, fourth, uh, tied for fourth in points with Evgeny Kuznetsov right now, Troy Terry of the Anaheim Ducks. Like, I, I, where wow. did this come from? We know about his success at the World Juniors a couple of years ago, and now it seems as if he's putting everything together and he's turning himself into a pretty decent point producer for the Anaheim Ducks right now, who they're, they're trying to play above their expectations right now. But, uh, yeah, pretty and good for Troy Terry. Too. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, they've, they've been good. <laughs> that's been amazing. That's- shocking even yeah it's yeah. very shocking there i thought it'd be another like okay well you know we'll try to get like a top 15 top 10 pick thing but hey it looks like they're i don't know if they're going for it but you know they're they're riding the highs so so you know good on them and you know what considering sure. how easy the pacific division is and you know sam's brought that up a lot hey maybe maybe the playoffs could be uh could be there the ducks and the kings are gonna have won cups finished a rebuild <laughs> and be back in playoff contention before the Canucks ever finish their first rebuild. <laughs> Jim Benning be at the helm of it. That's the question. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Clearly. Should we, should we take bets on how long Jim Benning, how long it'll take for Jim Benning to get fired? Do you want to go there? Should we? Uh, yes. I, I, here's my thing. I don't know. Look, if the Canucks lose really badly on Wednesday, like really badly and the fans get unruly, Mm. and 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 the ownership stands behind him after that then dude's not losing his job to like at least like february or something yeah. at I'm, least if he's not losing yeah, his it's, job it's either tomorrow or it's next season that's what i that's, thought that's I what thought I, they, I thought they'd at least write it out into the season because like firing a gm mid-year like that's that's like not that's seen enough right like you know usually like i thought they'd just be like oh you know what okay cool you suck this year Fire right him. but Fire but 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 the one thing is, is that like, if you do it like now, you at least give him time to, you know, look at the roster. Maybe he gets to do a trade deadline and then you go into the draft. It uh, totally makes That's sense to write true. it out to the end of the season. But yeah, if you're, if the Canucks think, are not going to do it now. yeah, I think letting the guy who has traded away two first round picks in the last four years for this team do another trade deadline is going to like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like burn my tickets. <laughs> like Jim Benning will try to make a trade at the deadline and the Sedins will just like grab his phone and like throw it out the window. They're like, no, 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 no. You're going to chill, chill, chill. All right. Fine. So I'll, I'll put it on wax. Not that I advocate for people losing their jobs, but I will say this. If Jim Benning, and that's pretty much dependent on how, how the Canucks play on Wednesday. But if the Canucks have a bad game, uh, he loses, he will lose his job on Thursday or someone will lose their job on Thursday, whether it's him or Travis Green. And if that's not going to happen, then Benning will stay on his GM until the end of the season. That's what I'm just going to put on wax here. If we're going to make bets, we might as well make that bet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's fair. Because at some point you need to do something. And if the Canucks organization is is so, I guess, I don't want to say focus but like i guess aware of the perception of the team then like something has to be done and that's why i think unfortunately it might be green and not benning if if they have a bad game on that wednesday like if they get you know just blown out of the water then it'll just be green and be like okay fired we'll bring in an interim interim coach evaluate or whatever so the only thing that might save green is a if if the outrage from fans at the game is directed specifically at benning yeah and B, uh, he's got like one year left on his contract and Green just signed, I think, a three-year extension. 
Right. So the money yeah. for Green getting fired is more than firing betting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a tough time. And for Canucks fans, they'll have to laugh to keep from crying. That's, That's going to do like it the for the entire history of the team. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, have huh? no idea. Okay, before the factory of sadness <laughs> develops with Omar, we're going to sign off here for this week's edition of Zone Dime. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and on the YouTube page. And listen, watch In the Mentions with Omar as well. It's a very good show if you really want to see him going on the Leafs. And he has every, every right to feel good about the team right now because they are actually playing well. Uh, for Omar, Rahef, and Sam, I'm Julian saying so long and tune in next week. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.